OCD. Shut up, Mike. You're a racist. What the fuck are you talking about, Ryan? You always do this. I said I was going to wear those shoes today. But that's why Marissa and Ryan belong together. Oh, sure. Cutting off one toe is too much of a punishment. And I guess Anna just got to go back to Pennsylvania. Man, remember Sandy? Tonight, pretty much the same thing. Because welcome to the OCD, bitch. The show with Mike and Ryan talking about the OCD, about Seth and Ryan, and the rest of the gang. Did you lose your cue card? (laughs) Yep. Okay. Uh, the only show on the internet that talks about in depth, episode by episode, the seminal and underrated prime time so far for the early aughts, the OC. Should we tell people that since last week you've just been standing here practicing your intro? Uh huh. And of course, this is what happens. As soon as it's go time, I forgot it all. I thought of a bit, so I forgot the intro I've been practicing a hundred times. We did have to break an episode of the OC. Hold my hand while I talk to you. Uh-huh. We did have to break it, uh, an episode of the OC into two because there's so much happened in this episode. It's the goodbye girl. It's the goodbye girl. I think I claimed, and I've never claimed this before, that this is the single greatest, not just episode of the OC, but hour of TV in television yeah, history. Yeah, you screamed fuck the wire for 30 minutes straight last week's episode, which I think ate into our time. Uh-huh. This is Anna leaving. Eddie shows up in Newport to steal Teresa back from Ryan. I mean, that's his goal. He does punch Ryan. We talked about that a lot. If you want to hear about Ryan, Marissa, Eddie, Teresa, that's last week's episode. We also spent a lot of time covering Eddie's book slamming skills. Oh, yeah. So we're not going to be doing that tonight, unfortunately. Did we do Eddie trivia? Talked about how he was Xander's nerdier friend, Jesse, on the first two episodes of Buffy? I believe we did. We also talked about how he looks like a hornless Satan. Hornless Satan. Thank you. So tonight is everybody else. It is still... Caleb Nichols, Man of the Year of Newport Gala, hosted at the Cohen's house. But Sandy and Kirsten now both know what a dirtbag Caleb is. Plus, we've got uh, Julie Cooper and Luke, and more importantly, we're going to be talking about Teresa and Eddie no. and Ryan. No, Teresa, Eddie, Ryan, or none of that. I want to talk about them. You cannot. All right, but the guy does look like a hornless devil. He does look like a hornless devil. There, w- there will be no devils. No, Caleb Nichols... Seems like what the devil would actually be. Eddie is the devil in his like young sexy phase. Caleb Nichols is what he ages into by the end of the Bible. <laughs> when he's just like leading all of the Sodom and Gomorrah. I don't know the Bible. Was Caleb in the Bible? Not like a biblical name. Was Caleb Nichol literally a character in the Bible? Yeah. That's how long he's been around. He's the devil's boss. And Josh Schwartz was able to get him on this show. Josh Schwartz is a mover and a shaker. He knows whose hands to grease and whose hands to shake. Did Caleb Nichols, the biblical figure, take scale or did they have to pay him his usual wages of uh, a bag of gold? Bag of 30 gold. 30 gold. And people went like 30 pieces. He went, he just kept repeating, a bag of 30 gold. You'd think it'd be a bag of 30 silver, seeing as how he's Nichols. Oh, and I think that's the actual biblical reference. So then why didn't we use that one? I don't know. Because Caleb Nichols just shakes it, just screams dirty 30 over and over again like some asshole. That's, dirty 30 is a newer thing, right? I mean, to us, yeah. Like the last 40 years, people have been screaming dirty 30. I don't know. I'm not sure. I think every day of the 1930s they did. I get. I I love rhyming. Sure. Everybody knows that about me. But it does feel like a 21 year old birthday energy in a 30 year old fat body screaming "dirty 30," and I don't like it. It's sad for everybody. Because when you're in your 20s, you're obviously dirty. Everyone's dirty. When you scream "dirty 30s," you're saying, "Hey, just so everybody knows, for the next decade, I will continue to be dirty." And do like the energy it's yelled at is like bachelorette parties, dicks on everything. Mm-hmm. But then what happens is people just say hashtag dirty thirty, and it's a normal sad night out of the Irish pub. Plus, based on like we haven't turned thirty yet, we're still someday. Young I hope to get there someday. But based on what I've heard about being thirty, more accurately, like 
based on how your tummy works, it's squirty 30s would be what you're supposed yeah. to be saying. Squirty 30s, party 40s. But that is still dirty. Maybe that they don't mean like dirty, like perverted oh. and partying. It's just that my shorts are always dirty. Whether it's like taint sweat or taint poop. Yes. Just dirty shorts. Well, taint poop. <laughs> taint poop. But it is shorts. Yeah, and that's poop. So <laughs> It's just straight poop. You but- lied when you said taint poop. <laughs> dirty 30s are always liars. Well, I'm glad. Let's make ourselves a deal. Sure. New game show that we will never say Dirty 30 when it's our Dirty 30 birthdays. Okay. Dirty 30 birdies? No shard our pants or? Uh, I mean, what? It's going to be different than every other day of the year? Also, everyone always plans to not shard their pants. It just. You can plan that? (laughs) You can plan to not. It's just that at some point, God or Caleb Nichols or some biblical figure will take over and shoot that fart right into your pants. In my paper day planner. Every day says, sharp pants, question mark? Uh-huh. So I should put, don't. Yes. And don't. erase the question mark. No, you're still going to have to leave the question mark. It's still <laughs> a big decision for your plan, body. So plan to fail? Yeah, exactly. Because then when you do short, and you will, uh, you, you'll be less surprised and upset. And have the shorts in your back pocket. <laughs> that are now covered in shirt. <laughs> no. Oh, oh, man, that's such a powerful shirt. I don't know if we can call it a shirt anymore. <laughs> now it's just rocket shit. <laughs> to the moon. When we come back, it'll be talk about... The scintillating sharding of Juke and Luli. So Juke walks in. He's all like, yo, Luli, where you at? And then Luli walks in and she's like, look here, Luke. Who are you? We're not here to talk about the Saturday morning cartoons you used to watch as a kid. We're talking about Luke and Julie on the OC. So I've seen every episode of two shows, Uh the OC and Juke and Luli. We cannot talk about Juke and Luli. That's a different podcast. That feels Patreon only. When you, like the moron you were, are, say, said Juke and Luli, did you think that that was the name of two people or that was Luli's nickname? Oh, Juke and Luli. This is just a Juke and Luli. And depending on the era, it's okay yeah. that that's the dance she does. Uh-huh. But Luke and Julie nice. continue their... Trist. Trist. There's a good word for it. They're railing each other behind everybody's back, if you will, if you know what I mean. Sex. Uh, sexing. Luke shows up at Julie's door. Not a euphemism. He knocks on the door, and Caitlin answers the door. Yes, she does. And, and this it, is still Shailene Woodley. Still Shailene. You led us all to believe we'd never seen Shailene Woodley until she moved up to Pismo Beach to run on some beach. Right. But that was a big little lie. It was a big But Shailene Woodley answers the door and answers everybody's question. Does every Cooper woman have a crush on Luke? Yes. Yes, they all literally do. Every single one. She plays it pretty cool for an eight-year-old. Yes. Until Julie walks up and she does the classic, Mom, I'm talking here. And Luke raises an eyebrow because if he's going to do Julie, why not? But at least Luke is a good guy. So he goes, seven years. <laughs> and she goes, I'll be 15. And he goes, uh, and runs away. Did you see how when he came up, she did that uh, like casual, sort of like coy Standing against the door, the shy lean. Did you see how she did that? She did a little woodenly for my taste. Yeah, She's she a young actor. Right. Can't do it yet. So Julie does rush. Shine lean will be away. And then is like, you can't. You cannot come here. Because Jimmy is on his way to pick up Caitlin for dinner. In a TV speak, that means Jimmy will be here in four milliseconds. And then Jimmy is. Like he's some sort of genie summoned by calling his name. I actually believe that there's another dimension where... Jimmy Cooper, played by Tate Donovan, played Shaq as a genie in a movie. I've heard about that. Yeah. The Jimension? The Jimension. The Jimension verse? Should have stopped the Jimension. Did you mention that to anybody? Did you mention that later? So, Julie panics 
and says, Luke's here to defrag my hard drive. She picks the most euphemistic computer fix word. And one that I think is outdated. Like, that's very 03 or whenever this is. Outdated now or yeah. outdated now? No, now. Like, right. It'd be like, Luke came to collect all of my AL CD coasters. Mm-hmm. That'd be very outdated. Or fidget my spinner. That's already outdated. That was outdated the week those came out. Put a, yeah, CD in my CD-ROM drive. Mm-hmm. And Play the Oregon Trail. Why is Julie talk like such an idiot? She's from Riverside, where you also can die from dysentery. <laughs> is dysentery, Gary, your favorite Blink-182 song? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But you're saying this like, I remember somebody told me their favorite Blink song was dysentery, Gary. I just can't put my finger on it right now. Well, it gives me a lot of heartache, Ryan, that I can't figure out who told me that. I'm sure that's some sort of reference to song, some song I don't know very well. You're a fucking weasel. Oh, she's a fucking weasel. She's a fucking nightmare. You're putting my mind at ease. Um, back to the important thing here about how living in Riverside is like playing Oregon Trail. <laughs> Even like, is that how you hunt for food too? You have to go out, or how, that's how you eat. You have to go out and shoot pellets at food. You blindfold yourself and just spin around and shoot pellets. The hard part about Oregon Trail though was trying to tell the difference between like a bear and just like a fat lady at a Walmart. Uh huh. And Riverside, they look exactly the same, aren't they? No. What's I don't know a who bear? I'm on there. Majestic bears. Julie, nope. Julie says the defrag in my hard drive to Jimmy. And Jimmy never Jimmy's in this episode. Jimmy can't Jimmy. No, I mean, I think that Jimmy, Jimmy's got a Jimmy, our award winning segment, is going to have to change pretty soon because he seems to sort of be getting his shit together. Uh huh. And it, I, I guess Jimmy's got a Jimmy later. That's my Jimmy's got a Jimmy is later on in the episode. But mm. right now, he handles it cool and he gets the inkling. That will right. drive him to what he does at the end of the episode. So he he does not like Luke because he knows what Luke has done to Marissa, even though Luke's like a bud now. Jimmy's not going to forgive that. He's not so Jimmy. But probably the worst thing that Luke has ever done to the women in his family. Certainly that is all. That is all he would do to Marissa. Uh, and he's like, okay, go away. Luke, I think that's a lot of that faces. You're not going to call the Cohen kid? Luke is your computer fixer? Okay. <laughs> the guy that lives right next door and is not a fucking Labrador moron. And then so we flash forward to the... Newport Gala at the Cohen house and Luke walks up and does like that sexy like spine tickle Mm -hmm. Uh, and Julie goes nope you cannot do that here which I feel like she's told him when they were in high school his high school right at Luke's high school school. because when Julie was in high school Luke was only like eight again Mm -hmm. she's from Riverside and he tells her but she's just so hot and then Jimmy that you can see him slowly pull out a piece of red thread mm-hmm. and just put it together on his suspect board. Oh, we watch him. We just don't get to go through the flashback. We don't get to go through his uh, Kaiser Soze, uh-huh. like uh, strings in the garage, all tied to pictures. He just stands there doing it. We don't go with him. He stands there for five minutes going, oh. So many of those memories have Luke laughing going, gonna eat some grub, gonna eat some grub, gonna eat some grub. And then he thinks, wait, no, Jimmy Eat World. I'm just trying to do this whole like pop punk thing you're doing. I'm not. I'm not uh, sure if I can get it. Don't force it. Yeah, I'm, I apologize. Uh, and then the I do not think Jimmy's gonna Jimmy. I think it's very suave. Except I guess he doesn't actually like bring the hammer down. But the quote is awesome because he walks up. He goes, "Forgive me, because this <laughs> that ca- that that cannot possibly happen, right? Like I must be crazy to think that is happening." And Julie just gives a like, Julie eye roll, which is all an act. Because now, at this point, Jimmy knows exactly what Julie is capable of Mm -hmm. in a way that he didn't know the entire time they were married. And he knows for sure when he says, forgive me, I'm I'm so sorry. 
Uh, but this can't be happening. That is all. He knows exactly what's oh, happening, yeah. and it's just time for Jimmy's got a Jimmy, dude. He's not the fucking schlub he used to be. So this is the new angle. This is the new Jimmy's the got new a Jimmy. Revamped Heroes Reborn. Jimmy's gonna. It Jimmy. used to be Jimmy's got a Jimmy, and now it's Jimmy's got a Jimmy. Got a Jimmy. Eventually, he Jimmy so hard they had to kick him off the show. Sure, because a character who tries to fix the problems cannot exist here. Well, why Jimmy so hard right next to like a giant cliff? You're gonna fall off, Jimmy. And what are you gonna off, do? Jimmy. And that is old school Jimmy's gonna Jimmy. Seriously. Back to whence he came. The bottom of a cliff. And that is the myth of Jimmy. He was born at the bottom of a cliff. No parents. Never meet him. Never will. Not that catchy of a ballad? No. You know, it's not Davy Crockett, but, you know, Jimmy's gotta Jimmy. Well, we can't all be king of the wild frontier, Ryan. The the, the song written by Davy Crockett, clearly. (laughs) Just whistling around. (laughs) Well, he started it. Davy Crockett's killing raccoons, and he goes, Johnny, Johnny Appleseed. No. Wait a minute. I got this. So, yeah, correct me if I'm wrong. This is about a kid who is probably none too bright, right? Killing coons, which is what he called them. That means raccoons. Decided to take one that he killed, put it on his goddamn head. Didn't clean it. Which people get put away for. That's like some. That's worse than tinfoil. Put a, put a raccoon on top of his head and then started going around town whispering, I think he's the king of the wild frontier. Well, yeah, I think towns would kick him out because he looks like a crazy person. And then, so he was like, well, I gotta, everybody's been talking about this Davy Crockett, King of the Wild Frontier, so it was like a PR buzz campaign. The Whisper campaign, like we saw in Glow and the greatest movie of all time, The Muppets Take Manhattan. And it worked beautifully, to the point that the Davy Crockett of our generation, Billy Bob Thornton, played him in a well-known, everybody's favorite movie, The Alamo. I forgot The Alamo. Never forget 9-11. 9-11, yeah. That's what The Alamo's about. But yeah, I mean, I think that... As the the only thing that David Crockett ever did that's worthwhile was cr- invent the Whisper campaign. That's what yeah. the ballad should have been about. That's awesome. Not being king of the wild frontier. Not- also, if it's wild, it has no king. This song has a ton of issues. Because the minute it has a king, it's no longer wild. It's no longer wild. He has tamed the wild frontier. Fuck. Now it's just king of the pasture? Mm-hmm. And that's lame as shit. Yeah. We're going to take a break. I'm steamed up. When we come back, we're going to talk about Kirsten, Sandy, and Caleb. Ryan... Let's talk about the non-child-fucking adults in the room. In this room? No, in the room of the show. Oh, okay. Uh, Sandy, Kirsten, Caleb. I mean, there's a lot of other adults, but just not Julie. That's all I'm trying to say. I understand. Caleb is Newport's Man of the Year. It's hosted by the very real Riviera Magazine. That's Have a real ever... thing. Oh, yeah. My mom used to be friends with the editor. Oh, really? Yes. Josephine Riviera? Josephine Riviera herself. Editor of the free magazine you can get in any schwanky Newport distillery. And it's just my rule. I'm not reading a magazine unless it's a free magazine. I stole a lot of magazines when I was a kid. You pay $15 for 20 minutes of anything? Yeah. I just watch it for the ads. Sure. Just flip through. Ooh, Newport's cigarettes. (laughs) Sponsored by the city. Uh, My favorite moment of all these is they're all preparing. And I think Caleb swings by. Kirsten doesn't know yet. And Ryan that says Caleb is a criminal. That Caleb is a criminal. Uh, but Ryan like blows through the the breakfast nook, and he goes, "Oh, hey, Kirsten, blah blah, uh, Mr. Nickel," because they hate each other. And she goes, "Why don't you call him Caleb?" Which is great because she knows that's going to make her dad furious. Uh huh. But he can't say anything because then he looks like a monster. But also, you're using your quote unquote son as a tool. It's also horrible for Ryan as well. Yeah. It it makes Caleb furious. It makes Ryan. 
panic. What I'm a child. What do I do here? But Ryan handles it well by uh, just never saying his name again for the rest of the episode. Yeah. Instead of what people normally do is like, oh, okay, Caleb. Oh, that sounds weird. Caleb, is that? Uh, but let me try it out. How are you, Caleb? Caleb. Caleb. That the only time I use anybody's name is on this show at the start of a segment uh-huh. when I go Ryan, and then I oh. don't. Wait, we're just gonna. Are we starting a new segment right yeah, now? Yeah, new segment. Okay. Ryan. Yes. How many times have I said your name in our friendship? I honestly, we've well, this is like year fifteen. Uh huh. Outside of this recording studio, I'm gonna say six or seven. And it's only when you're like about to hit an old lady with a shopping cart. Right. And you're like, yeah, Ryan. 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 That's been all the other times. Yeah, just that one chant. <laughs> so, Caleb tells Kirsten. Because Sandy, Caleb's like, so you're going to handle it? And Sandy's like, I'll handle your fucking legal issues, dog. But you have to tell Kirsten what's up. I'm not even going to do it. You have to own up. And he asks her to lunch? Does he think they're going to eat at that lunch? Well, he knows there'll be wine there. Okay. So, born another one, Kirsten. And also, um, he knows that it's a public place, right? That's how people do? That's what it is. Because all I thought is, like, any serious conversation I have is the least public place in the world. Right. Mount but- Everest, tip, that's always it. You've got that whole thing that you need when you have a one-on-one, which is a bottle of whiskey, mm-hmm. a bottle of vodka, mm-hmm. and like a couple of lines, but nothing too crazy. This isn't Hollywood. It's not Hollywood. It's you know six miles outside of Hollywood, and then like uh, a bunch of clean socks. Yeah. Because you don't know where the conversation is going to take you. Never always have an extra pair of socks. My uncle Lieutenant Dan told me that, and it's the one piece of advice I listened to. That's crazy because my uncle's Bubba Gump. Shrimp. No. Stop doing That's so racist. You're very short. Bubba Gumps. There's a lot of Bubba Gumps that have nothing to do with shrimps on the planet. Not in my life. You cut out of my life. That's fine. Kirsten? Here's like, we, we really- Are you starting a segment with Kirsten now? Kirsten? What do you think about my co-host? Uh, we gave her shit a couple episodes ago for not putting together what was up with Sean. Like, she had to be. How quickly he- Caleb basically orders a salad and some wine and goes, Kiki, and she goes, oh, are you telling me Uncle Sean is a fixer for you and always has been and I'm going to be indicted with you? She puts it together that fucking fast. Now you tell me, are we just hyper defensive about all things Kiki? Yes. Or, and so, Uh (laughs) this is all fine, everything she's doing is fine. Or is this like a really cool, subtle way of explaining to the audience that, yes, of course she knew the entire time. She was just waiting for that other shoe, or in your case, crate of clean socks to drop before she had her reaction you gotta buy your sock by the crate Mm -hmm. it's just the cheapest way to do it most cost effective the problem is that they only sell them left sock or right sock because so you're buying two crates yeah every time two crates Uh uh-huh uh and then just tying both crates to your feet you got super shoes on i think when i was younger i assumed they were doing wobbly bobbly tv rules and she has to info dump for us because an actual scene of them slowly grievously angrily working this out would be boring to watch because real emotions are boring to watch and now as an adult i go oh she is relieved she gets to scream this at her dad and she's done pretending yeah and you can tell like you can tell just by the fact like how quickly she's moving her hands around like it almost looks like she has four hands that this isn't like specific grievous this is general grievous that's Mm -hmm. going on right now (laughs) fuck uh but then that kind of belies the scene she has with sandy later probably once again in the kitchen, the only place they hang out together, is she She looks very distraught and says, I had no idea what I was asking you when I asked you for help. She is, in our minds and in the mind of the show, uh, mom of the year, mm-hmm. employee of the year, daughter of the year, wife of the year. She carries all four of those mugs at all times. Get an apron. Braggy Put one of those bitch. on an apron or something. Uh, an oven to mitt. And I think she sort of knows that, 
And in order to keep all four of those mugs, she does have to react differently at different times. So for Sandy, it's like, what? And for her dad, it's like, God damn it. Doesn't that make her despicable then? Not despicable, an adult, bud. It's time for you to fucking grow up and sell out. That's not a gel. I'm never going to sell out. I'm only going to buy in, son. That's not a Julie Cooper move, though? No, because I, it, it's, all, it's all, to me, like very normal. It's almost anti-TV at how normal it plays. Is it because she's lying to herself? And yeah, that's true. She's the ultimate victim, I guess, of all of this shit. She's got now the most work to do and the... the it's hardest for her to look herself in the mirror, mm-hmm. and we get a like glimpse of what it's gonna look like when she looks in the mirror every time we see her because she's just gonna see her reflection, and that's oh, yeah. what we're looking that's at. That's how mirrors work. But when she's looking across the party at Sandy talking to Caleb, right? And Caleb walks away, and Sandy does look none too happy. We see Kirsten's entire everything break, right? And so that is the hard part. Whereas Julie doesn't have that shit. Doesn't break. She's she's she amoral. Just gets stronger. Yeah. Uh, she is six inches taller in this episode than last episode. Yeah, By the end of the run, she's 19 force. feet tall. And just breathing fire on everybody. Uh, yeah, because Kiki says, I don't want you to compromise yourself. I do think she means it. So she's distraught when, of course, Sandy's doing the only thing uh, yeah, I don't, can do. I don't want you to compromise. I mean, you have to, but I don't you want to, you to compromise I don't want yourself. You to. Could you please pay the shortest game of golf ever? <laughs> Could you have a three-ball hit conversation with your pal? Sandy's confused. Uh, short game means like just working on putting. Right. But Sandy thinks short game is 10 minutes in out. He's working on his driver, which I do know is a far game, and he does it for very short. Uh-huh. But that's the only way he's not going to get winded. He's not a young buck. He's not a 30-year-old man. He's not some thir- sort of 30-year-old man. He's definitely closer to 60 than 30. His friend is a horse shit. His friend is a horse shit because he tries to pull the Sandy Cohen I used to be friends with. Would never have compromised the ideals. And Sandy does have, again, more real than TV. Like, motherfucker, that's my wife you're talking about. You thought I would sell out my wife to help you? Which I always think is super interesting, watching lawyers talk outside of the courtroom or even in. Like, how do they, how are they able to go, like, have a drink after work, like uh-huh. other employees, when all they're doing on purpose, because that's their job, is stabbing each other in the back right. and trying to, like, find loopholes and trying to pull up shit that they're not supposed to be talking about. People ask, like, the hacky thing to, I don't know if they ask actors because that would be rude, but people talk about actors like, are they, who are they really? Who is Daniel Day Lewis? Is he always acting? Lawyers. Lawyers are the actual people who are always acting. Unless they are that shaggy dog and the wily coyotes from that old Warner Brothers cartoon where they just literally punch in, punch out, and go drink when they're not trying to eat the sheep or guard the sheep. Yeah, and I guess that's sort of it. I guess you compartmentalize and you just keep your job on the court. It always baffled me when I was a kid growing up when I found out that... um, like athletes that are on uh-huh. opposite teams don't despise each other. Wrestlers. I thought that was the whole thing. But this seems weirder to me because of the, like, I don't know, the underhandedness of all of it. Right. Athletes are trying to, like, outrun each other. Right. Or, like, get one over on those guys physically. Uh-huh. But there's not, you're not trying to insult the intelligence or debate style of the person. Like, lawyers are just trying to kick the knees out of each other the whole time. And, and morally saying, like, oh, I'm sure my opposition wouldn't try to underhandedly help their defend it. Like, that tone says a lot. And I can't believe how many times both of them, both Sandy and his friend, said, well, I'm just a simple country golfer. And pulls yeah. out another pair of suspenders every time he says it. And how much do they spend on suspenders? They're suspenders. They are suspending they're, sus- they're sp- suspending money. It's a goofy-ass show. There's a lot of crazy stuff that would never happen, but that's where my suspension of disbelief goes away. I think we handled that equally well. Let's 
move on. Except last quote, quote of the week. Yes. New segment, quote of the week. Uh-huh. Uh, Sandy and Kiki, she says, I'd rather see you go to jail than get your... No, Sandy says to Kiki, I'd rather see you go to jail than get in bed with your father. And then just give like a sitcom look at each other while credits should roll over it. Um, okay, so if we're moving on, then I have something to say too. What? The biggest letdown that Kirsten has let me down, not just in this episode, but in the entire run, is Caleb has something against cilantro. Uh-huh. And he wants to make sure that there's no cilantro. And Kirsten says, at his party, Kirsten says, I will tell the caterers there will be no cilantro. I'm sure they can find things to make without cilantro, right. dad. And then she finds out about Caleb's stuff. And then she continues to have no cilantro. That is bullshit. Why don't you triple down on that cilantro? I'm calling the caterers and I'm ordering like a cilantro loaf, a cilantro punch. Cilantro, all of it. In every single cocktail? Every single cocktail, yeah. I want cilantro everywhere. Do you know about cilantro? I mean, I don't know. I feel like you're going to lay down like a... Let me drop a beat. I'm going to lay down some, spit some knowledge. Beat, 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 beat. Beat, beat. That was too beautiful. I forgot what I was going to say. Cilantro, because pe- some people are like, it tastes like soap. And other people go, it tastes like you can't really taste it. Nobody's like pro. You're either neutral or anti. Yeah. Both are right. Everybody tastes shit differently, but I don't know why it's an argument. This isn't blue dress, gold dress. It's opposite bacon. Remember when we all freaked out about bacon? Now uh-huh. you have to love bacon. And you want bacon on everything? Fuck bacon. It became trendy somehow to hate cilantro. hate cilantro. It doesn't taste like anything. Shut up, everyone. But that's they, 23andMe. They do not know where I'm from, but they just said, but genetically, you're fine with cilantro. So you gave them $80, and they they have no information other than yeah. cilantro is fine. And I don't know if they tested me. They just saw me eating a taco on my way in that was covered in cilantro. Okay, it might not have been 23andMe. Do you think there's a missed opportunity here based on Caleb's age and gender that he said, there better not be any cilantro, and didn't say, get off my cilantro? I do think that's a missed opportunity. I do too. When we come back... The goodbye girl, gone girl. Oh, no! Ryan. Yes, you're going to say when we last checked in with Juke and Lulu. Welcome to the OCD, bitch, where we're here to talk about Summer, Anna, and Seth. Anna has dropped the bomb that she is flying back to Pittsburgh. One could presume that her parents are divorced and one lives there, one lives in Newport. She said, yeah, she said something about aunt and uncle. I thought the aunt and uncle was in Newport. No, then her parents must have moved to Newport. Dad got a new job, worked for Boeing or whatever. And then she hates Newport so much and or loves Pittsburgh so much. She's going to live with the aunt and uncle, everybody's least favorite family member. Who also has her dog. Oh, I get it. I'd move. Yeah. Got to move for that dog. And also, it's not your least favorite family member if, say, your uncle's last name is Parker. But I think that aunt and uncle can only be cool if your parents are dead. Yeah. So I had a big issue with all of my aunts and uncles. I thought they were all the worst. They thought I was the best, but I thought they were the worst. But I would have loved them if my parents had just fucking gone just and died. Die. So my aunt, because aunts and uncles are either, uh, like crazy strict or dirtbags. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Your Harry Potters. You're, yeah, yeah. They're, they're crazy strict dirtbags in that way, or they're so fun when you're young, but then they don't age, and you realize they're dirtbags. Right. There's nowhere in between. It's it, it, either way. It's because of weed. It's always you need more or you need less. Yes, exactly. Either they give you weed when you're 13 and they're crazy, fun, mm-hmm. dirt bags, or they are making so much money selling weed, just owning the market of the entire city. Was that how the Dursleys got the, all their money? Obviously, yeah. Because they did. Privet Drive was a pretty big place. I'm sorry. What drive? For Privet Drive. I'm sorry. What drive? For Privet Drive. Privet. Okay. 
It's just here we call it. We say privat. You got to go to the privat. And that. I'm sorry. I'm, this is some Harry Potter thing. Pittsburgh has the Jimmy Stewart Museum, which legit made me excited to go check out. Ah, uh, Jimmy's uh, got Pittsburgh. a Jimmy. Uh, and peanut butter cup pie. Okay, so Mike, this is what we've all been warming up to. All right, you are from this uh, shit hell we call a city. No, I'm from their rival, Philadelphia. Okay, but both are part of Pittsburgh State. Sure. If I am to be believed, right? Delaware. Delaware. Um. So how far away is the city from you? Have you ever been there? Six hours. No, I have not. Oh, my God. Six hours. Yeah. So Pennsylvania is like California on its side, uh, but a little shorter. I'm pretty sure Pennsylvania is right next to Oriental, which we now call Asian American Drive. I'm talking about the rugs. The rugs. Pennsylvania rugs. They're shaped like cheesesteaks. They taste like cheesesteaks. Stop eating rugs. Mm -mm, Never will. Never have. You are the 70s porn star in my heart. (laughs) So when Anna... Clearly, just lists off a long list of researched, quickly researched terms. Uh-huh. You didn't know what any of that shit is because no. you live six hours away. Yeah. Never heard of any of that shit. Who is Jimmy Stewart? Don't even know. So we're in Burbank, California, yes. which is about six hours from San Diego. Uh, yeah. Tijuana? Shitty traffic? Yeah, it's probably TJ, but San Diego, traffic blows. So yeah. So if somebody just listed a bunch of Tijuana terms, that would be like, yeah. that is like Chicle, uh, Pittsburgh rugs, stuff like that. 12-year-olds on motorcycles. You don't know any of it. I don't know any of that. So you don't know what peanut butter pie is? No. Those are my two favorite things in the world, and I've never had that. You never had peanut and butter put together? In pie? Never. Oh, man. It's so good. I've had peanuts, and I've gone and eaten some margarine, but butter? We were not a butter household. Now, you're from Philly, yep, home of the Rocky statue. Yep. And when people talked about Pittsburgh, you would go, ew. That was your Chino. You have to spit. And was it hard? To come up with like insults about a city called Pittsburgh. Yeah, you're like, oh, I bet you don't wash your face. Philly. That's pretty good. That seems like a typical Philly. And then you comment. dance around chanting Philly and you just start whipping nine volts at Santa. <laughs> and the cool thing about Philly is that there's always a Santa around. Oh, there's always to a Santa. Take those nine volts. Always a Santa. Philly do got gritty now. Can't take oh, that away from us. And no, that that's not just like how you make films in the '90s. There's an actual mascot of the Philadelphia Flyers named Gritty, yeah, who was taking the internet by storm. By storm, the Philly fanatic is sad. He might end it all. You don't think they hang out in '69? Oh, I'm sure, but Gritty got all the gold. The fanatic's been here for days. Is do you think that the Philly fanatic is actually crying about this, or do you think he's sitting in his like? A luxurious lair. He owns a castle. He owns the only... The Philly uh, castle? He owns the only Philly castle. Um, And he just thinks that, like, oh, this flash in the pan bullshit. I've been here for decades. I'll be here for decades. It's partially that longevity matters. Like, we've all had a Babadook rise and fall in our life on the internet. But it's also all ships rise. Gritty makes people talk positively about Philadelphia again. And now there's pictures of the fanatic and Gritty hugging. So people... Oh, you're all coming back. Y'all forgot about, it's Eminem and Dre. Y'all forgot about the fanatic, but now they're helping each other. And so we're we're expecting like four to five years Gritty's like uh, song, his uh-huh. rap song about how great the fanatic still is and yeah. how you all forgot about him. And then that song's gonna be great. And then every five years he comes up with maybe one good song, but most of it is trash. And and one of the songs will obviously be for Venom Four: yeah. Return of the Venom. Exactly. I, don't, I don't know where Venom was in two and three. They should have figured that oh, shit yeah. out. He, he should like, be there. He did. It was a stock frame of Ed Hardy, Ed Tom Hardy not moving. And he went, I have to go back to my planet of the Clintar. But between Gritty and uh, 
Adonis Creed's ATVs. Mm-hmm. It's been a big a couple of years for Philly. Good year for Philly. Yeah. I do think it's ready to be gentrified. And all the Santas are kicking back thinking maybe people won't. Ow, 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 These ow. hipsters hate us too? So Aunt, that's where Anna's going. Wait. So Philly is the lead of assault with battery? Yep. Yes, it is, Ryan. Seth is in the middle of making out with Summer. While they're in and out, it's just getting cold mm. on the hood of the car. That was the most disgusting thing. That was the big deal. Seth is an idiot for saying, uh, you know what? I'm thinking about Anna. I don't really want to make out right now. Let's eat this food. That's a, that's a douche move. But also, instead of eat the fucking food. In and out is not that great, East Coasters, mm. when it's warm. But when it's cold, it is it's fucking dog, dog shit. shit. It's dog shit. It's literal dog. It, it, it becomes dog shit. It becomes dog gray shit. dog shit. So yeah, I know kids love making out. Eat your burgers, and then you get to kiss with onion breath. Yes. But you both have onion breath, so it's allowed. Why aren't we lady and tramping all of these burgers? burgers. Mmm. And then the milkshakes? At least an onion. Grab an onion from the burger, throw it in the air, catch it like the fucking captain you are, only bite the end of it, and lady and the tramp that onion. Seth so badly wants Anna to be leaving Newport because of him. Yes. He keeps saying, I just, I could, I don't want that at all. I don't want, and everybody's like, I don't think it, is that and he goes doesn't that make sense though can't somebody please tell me it is because of me were you thinking though that it kind of was seth is being a dick bag mm-hmm. but anna is sort of leaving because of seth she said she's going back for the jimmy stroop museum and peanut butter cup pie i think she's leaving because of seth and more because she watched how she thought she had a blanche uh and summer they had a budding friendship and stabbed each other because they're teenagers but she she Anna no longer has a life in plus, Newport. Plus the law states if you stab someone else as they're stabbing you, it is legal. It is totally Double fine. jeopardy. Yeah. Uh, but here's, Summer has a lot of good lines in this episode. Uh, there's a whole, I'm shallow, whatever. Uh, it's because Seth goes, she's the eighth person who goes, I think Anna's leaving because of me. And she's like, makes sense, doesn't it? And Summer says, yeah, but I wouldn't say that out loud. That's where Summer's awesome. She gets it, man. That's it. Yeah, that's the, that, I think that is the line of the episode is, even if I thought it, I wouldn't say it. And this is coming from a self-professed shallow person. That means she is the most self-actualized kid of all the kids we know. Because all these dumb kids are blurting out their dumb feelings every chance they get. And Summer's the only one who goes, I have a persona. I'll lean into that. And then I will reserve the real Summer thoughts only for when I need them. Which is very strange. Neither one of us understand doing that. Neither one of us understand like performing in some like uh, turned up to eleven persona of yourself, but then also having deep thoughts. I didn't know you could do that. Yeah, we're just the elevens. Just eleven. We didn't know about those deep thoughts. Uh, there's another line that might rival this later in the episode that we'll get to from Summer. But yeah, now we have officially arced, not mm. like a character arc, but a writer's arc right. from they figured her out, dumb bitch that was only supposed to be in the first two episodes. Two. Now we ha- do we have second to Kiki, the most fleshed out character on the show. And what's great about both of them, and I do think there's a lot of similarities because it's should be a noopsie, but is too smart to be a noopsie. Can't fully buy in, but knows how to play the game. Should be a noopsie, but oopsie, she's a poopsie. Yes, that's what everybody's saying. That's what's on their matching T-shirts. But Ryan, we do need to take a break. When we come back, we will finish the saga of the goodbye girl. Ryan, one last great thing about summer is. She is fully open about how weird Seth is being about Anna. She, Summer two episodes ago would have kept her mouth shut and moped. And now she's like, what the fuck? You stood on a table for me, and now you're making out with me, screaming another girl's name. Which is, she's not wrong. Those are all totally fine things to say, but she runs the gamut here of awesomeness. She is upset, like understandably pissy about like how Seth is acting for this entire episode 
of Life. their lives. Um, and then when Seth says, um, Anna's letter, I can't read it. Then Summer is right there. Eh, Anna's letter, I can't read yeah. it. Which is what I need in a relationship. And then finally comes the conclusion that she is leaving. You need to go. Right. Like Our relationship will be stronger. And I do think that she believes mostly that Seth is in love with Summer and she is second only to Seth. Yeah. Seth loves Seth the most and then Summer and it's not he's not going for Anna, he's going for Seth and so she says all right, go. And I do like cuz I there's there's a lot of shitty Seth cuz how could there not be? But when his break of she's my friend. I I bought that. Mm. Like at that point it is weird to not say goodbye to before this year he was himself. She's his first friend he's met even before he was comfortable with Anna before he was comfortable with Ryan. Uh so I think that romance was dropped and she bought that until his fucking hour long graduate style goodbyes at her. Now she, we we go to the airport, Mike. He tells Ryan, who just got the shit kicked out of him. Shit kicked out. Ryan's still sopping wet. To drive him to the airport so we can yet get another airport scene. Airport scene. And Ryan loves Journey. We learned that, which makes sense that he's super into old butt rock because he gets real mad when Seth wants to turn it off. He's from Chino, so he loves Journey. Period. Period. Yeah. End of sentence. Yeah. So the goodbye scene for the goodbye girl is he is so they're post nine, so he can't go inside all the way yet. But he it's not so far back that she's about to walk through the security gate and he can be there. And you know, not just because it's a TV show, but because it's Anna, because it's Seth, she was taking fucking baby steps baby from steps. the ticket thing to the security thing just in case somebody just wanted case. to graduate out all over the place just in case you wanted to have a magical music moment while a cover of if you leave my goodness mike now we had uh earlier in this episode an entire death cab song played mm-hmm. from start to finish i believe listeners of a few episodes back will recognize that death cab song from my mixed rebuff you did use it and we played much much less of it than this show played because it didn't uh-huh. just cover a montage like, they really did four minutes of Death Cab. For a while, they were yelling over the song. The mix was too loud. One question I had for you. Was that a hit? And was any Death song ever a hit? Uh, yeah, later. They would have singles? An album or two later than that, they had singles. They Transatlanticism, which is the album that song is from, probably had singles. But they, uh, I Will Follow You Into the Dark, like, owned the radio when it came out. At least alt radio. It owned K-Rock. And I'm real sorry to do this to the listeners, but I don't really remember what that song sounds like. <sighs> if heaven and hell decide that they both are satisfied. It's a little like that. I gotta say, dude, that, uh... Illuminate the nose on the vacancy sides. You are capable of ruining every single song you sing. I've heard you just play. On a stereo, Hallelujah by Jeff Buckley, and you ruined it. Mm-hmm. But that you didn't. The, the lyrics ruined that one, right? Oh, it's Fucking not a great song. And this is I had grown out of my punk rock phase of it's on the radio. I'm out. That song came on the radio, and I'm done with Death Cab. And went like did some soul searching, looked in a mirror like some sort of Kirsten, and went no no no. It's because this is a bad song and bad album. That's stupid. But you know that's how your especially your type of bands work is their dumbest song will always be the hit single. Portugal the man it up. Um, and then we also have Ryan in the car with Journey. Journey. And this is a it, this is just generic classic rock. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if you know it's Journey because it's not that one Journey song. But Ryan loves Journey. They do talk about it. But the musical moment has to go to one of my favorite bands. This is probably the most me band that's ever been played on the OC. I don't Bottom know. Gang? I didn't know that was on here. I don't know if they made uh, the Mike Mix Mega Mix one. But this is not a surf. 
This is not who that what they typically sound like, but this is not a surf covering. If you leave, don't leave now. I won't something something. Yeah, the, I won't. Is it Breakfast take my Club? Dog to the pound. That's what I was trying to. I was like, I know this song. Who sings it normally? It's like a new wave band. It's right? not that. No, uh, Breakfast Club is. <laughs> Banner year in the Benner house. Don't uh, you? No. I'm away one single day, and it's a slower cover. Yeah. of a slow song. And how could this not be the musical moment? How could it not be? It plays forever. It's very emotional. It swells. I almost bought the three goodbyes the two characters have. At a certain point, when he started doing the banging on the the window, I was like, come on, let it go. And even Anna, she just like, and just kept walking. She was done at that point. And it was probably one-way glass. Yeah. He, like he was just looking at himself, just banging up against himself. Seth! Seth! He drove to an airport to look at himself. Um, but I do think that the besides the music, which I do think worked, I think that Anna did a good job of very clearly explaining. Finally, this is not because of you. Right. You are my friend, and I'm sad. These tears, I'm crying, is because leaving anywhere sucks. Uh-huh. Fucking Seth, stop doing this, stop dude. Doing it. But then she does say, and this is so high schooly. Even if she doesn't mean it, the next week, I do think she means it in this moment because I think she, she said, "I want to have anal sex with you." Getting on a plane is. Uh, titillating for everybody and it just opens up that butthole and you just want to have anal sex i do think getting on a plane like the the lizard brain in us go we might die i'm gonna fall in love with somebody right now because i've been gone for a weekend and been like i should just tell all my roommates that we should be together like it's a weird gross thing in your head see i'm the reverse <laughs> i should tell all my roommates to get the fuck out of my house don't back. be there don't when i get home <laughs> um so neither of our roommates like us uh-huh. uh but she says, I'm leaving because I need to leave. But who knows? Maybe one day we'll be perfect. I think part of her goes, when we're both 29, he'll have grown up. But I, Man, we're going to jam. I think that that's something that girls are better at handling is that like uh, I can see Seth at 29. And uh-huh. that, that what I'm seeing in my head does sound great. And maybe, you know, or probably not. Right. And I'll move on. But maybe, but probably not. Whereas uh, Seth is like, no, we'll stay together until I'm 29. Right. And we'll be miserable for the next 10 years. But then we'll be great. Well, because she's in reality, and he's in a Noah Baumbach movie. So we just watch these white, rich people be miserable at each other. Tread carefully here, counselor. I am. I'm describing his movies. Some are good. No. No, no, no. Some are good, yes. Some are All good. All bad. <laughs> Baumbach All good. good. Winter bad. That's it. That's it. Fuck Seth, because he goes back, and Ryan's trying to like commiserate for once. And goes, well, at least we have each other. And Seth's just like... I'm going to go hang on somewhere. <laughs> Actually, I still have a girlfriend here. Oh. Which is the oh. Sethiest Seth in Seth Town. Do you have any outstanding awards? I think I might. Musical moment we nailed. Nailed it. Uh, did we talk last episode about the Sandy Wisdom? I think we did. I believe we did. Did we talk about the Orange Couture? No. Okay, so this is right away. Um, this is in one of my favorite Schwarzian scenes where Marissa and Teresa both get there. Everything's awkward, and then they both leave. To give neither Ryan nor Seth a ride. And Teresa, I will admit, is rocking a fucking ponytail. Goddamn. She's got like the little bouffant, just a little one up top. She's got the ponytail. But her pink, stupid jacket is insane. And it is not Chino-esque. So for OC. I I feel like that Marissa brought over the dress for the gala. And like maybe the night before, Uh as far as time works, uh, also left the dumbest looking pink orange couture jacket I've ever seen. But not to get at revenge. No. Here, fit in with us. Yeah. Wear a stupid ass Anna type jacket. This is our costume. That you must wear. Is that it? We're done? Mm-mm. Wait, with the words? Yeah. No, I got more. Give me more. Um, 
Comics Connection. There's such a big one here, and I don't know if we've talked about it. And if we have, we haven't talked about it in a while. James Martin is in this? <laughs> is that Smallville? No, James Martin is Cyclops, a.k.a. Lois Lane's boyfriend. No, he's not in this. Oh. You want to keep guessing? Bethel? How many Josh Schwartz shows have you seen, you dumb idiot? I didn't mean to say it like that. 2.1. 2.1. What are they? Uh, I've seen The O.C. Uh-huh. I've seen The Runaways, and I did catch a commercial for The Gossip Girls. Do you ever think, though, that like because of our OC fandom, maybe we should like toil in Gossip Girl yes. for a little while? I really like we keep saying what's next after the OC. I do think we need to jump right into Gossip Girl. We say OC is the greatest show in television history, and everyone's like, oh, you're an idiot. But when somebody says Gossip Girl's pretty good, we're like, shut up, idiot. Uh, you're an uh, idiot. I often do confuse it with Pretty Little Liars. Yes. And Gilmore Girls. That happens. And then also the star of Gilmore, no, star of uh, Gossip, Gossip Girl. Girl is always confused with Minka Kelly. From Friday Night Lights. Apparently, they look exactly the same. Really? Mm -hmm. Interesting. And the star of... And Mickey Kelly is now on Titans as Dove from Hawk and Dove. Anyway, Josh Schwartz made Runaways, and I would say that it was not as Schwartzian as I would have liked, but it was fine. Check out Runaways, I guess. Oh, that's your comics connection? That's my comics connection. I'll always have one. You say it every episode? Eh, Josh Schwartz still making that Runaways. Yeah. I had a real-life... Comics connection. Oh, Ryan. you bought a comic book. I bought a comic book. Uh, I was watching Atypical, a show nobody watches on Netflix, but me and my fiance and Gert is in it. Oh she's, yeah, as a stoner, she's just in there to smoke alone in a room for larfs. Gert is the best Purple part hair. of Runaways. Yeah, but she's great in the side character. Does she, she have a raptor? No, does not have a raptor. Then okay. in my head cannon, uh-huh. which is a word I learned yesterday, it means something very different than what I used to think it meant. Is head cannon? She does have a raptor. Cool. Do you have any commercials? I would love to do a commercial. What do you want me to do? Website. A website that you could go to is yourpopfilter.com, the only website that is the mothership for our sister shows. All of our podcasts are there. You could even get some articles. Remember yourpopfilter.com, not just because we need we needed the clicks. We needed the clicks. But also if you memorize yourpopfilter.com, it's gonna help you out in a lot of future commercials coming up now. You slapdash at slash Amazon after yourpopfilter.com. <laughs> Bookmark that. That's your new Amazon link. That's how you shop. It doesn't affect your Amazon shopping spree at all, but it does give us a little boosty boost. Patreon.com slash your pop filter. See, there it is. It just keeps coming up. Patreon.com slash your pop filter. That is how another way that you can support us. It goes directly to us. Instead of us getting three cents because you bought a uh, life-size Tyrannosaurus Rex, you can just pick the amount of money that we get. And we, three cents. We love the support. We do have a three-cent tier. Everybody who signs up for the three-cent tier, we will send you a life-size Tyrannosaurus Rex. I know that doesn't make sense, but nobody does it because you don't actually want that. You what, think that you do. you the couch for pennies? Yeah, and then... Mail them to us? Uh, is that a front yard thing? Is that a backyard thing? Now you have to decide what to do with your life-size T-Rex. If you're me, it's a bedroom thing, baby. Gross, dude. You're gross. You're not going to shame me about this. No. It's not the one sexual this. thing I will not shame. Not about this. Tyrannosaurus sex. Are you into Tyrannosaurus sex? Let us know at your pop filter on Twitters. Oh, and then also, if you are into other things, make sure that you're contacting us by email. In us at contact at yourpopfilter.com. Let us know if Gertz should have a T-Rex on the show Atypical. Or uh, call us up uh, at 1562-DRDJPOP. That's 1562-DR-DJ-POP. Dr. DJ-POP is our robot associate who takes notes for us. He will tell us everything that you said, and we will talk about it on the show. If you think that Gert should be on the OC, episodes of television that were filmed over 10 years ago. 
And that she should also have a raptor. Let us know and we will make that happen. That's the kind of poll that we have in Hollywood. We also would like to say thank you to the Hall of Phonics for the lovely theme, interstitial, and outro music. Check them out on the Spotify's. Ryan, we've mentioned a lot that we have other podcasts, but we've not yet do, done the rundown. Would you <laughs> like to? Yes. Starting uh, with Mondays. Mondays is, of course, Movie of the Year, where me and my best friend Greg and then random guest stars that it's, it's mostly about the two, uh, we try and figure out bracket style what is the greatest movie of every single year we're almost at the tippy tippy no we might be at the end of 2004 so tune in right now and check that shit out mike what's on tuesdays the first tuesday of every month you can check out taylor talking taylor where our buddy taylor talks about taylor's do we still have a wednesday show uh, I mean, you could do the backlog of writer's blocks. Every single Wednesday, go to the backlog of writer's block and check out Mike interviewing legit writers as if he were a legit interviewer. Thursdays. It's this GD show, mofos. Oh, man. Love it. If you're not subscribed to it, what are you doing? So many people in this world, every Thursday is no CD. Change that up. Have OCD. And then Friday. You're supposed to. I talked about this. Okay, go ahead. Oh, I thought we were just singing. We do the Rocky theme song every Friday. For just us. Yeah, we're trying to harmonize. Right now, we can only do the exact same part. <laughs> Isn't that harmonize? That's and what harmonize means, yes. That's what we call Dan harmonize. We do that for about an hour and a half solid, and then we record the flagship show, the superhero hour hour, where all the names we just screamed, that your Taylors, your Gregs, your Ryans, your Mikes, sit in a circle and scream about every single comic book based television show the problem with live action the problem with moody and writer's block and taylor talking taylor is it's as if there was like solo sex in the cities mm-hmm. like how can you tell if you're a miranda or if you're a taylor if you see them all separate get to the superhero hour hour and then you figure out which one you are yeah if everybody's like oh man i want to know more about iron man go watch the iron mans but if you want to watch iron man interact with captain america you watch the avengers hey mike speaking of patreon i think i just figured out i have to write an article every uh-huh. once in a while i think i just figured out what my next article is what the uh pop filter host quiz which pop filter host are you <gasps> that way everyone can know if they're a miranda or a greg i love this i hope i'm a miranda <laughs> that's today's show you want a little sneaky peek about what's coming up next week i would actually like that yeah because i have no idea the oc gets meta when the kids go to L.A. and run into Grady Bridges, star of Summer's favorite TV show, The Valley. It gets more meta than that, Mike. (laughs) Does it? Right? Do you know what uh, the actor who plays Grady Bridges, do you know a movie that he starred in? What? Orange County. Whoa! Yeah. Yeah. Colin Hanks? Colin Hanks. It is one Colin T. Hanks? That's crazy. I love Colin Hanks. When are we going to do that, OCD? All about Colin? No. All about Colin. Colin in. Uh, but it's also when we watch Orange County and do that. Soon, probably. In between seasons? In between seasons. I love it. In between seasons. You know what? Stay gay. California, California, here we go.